I'm half Venezuelan, half Peruvian. My mom is Peruvian and my dad is Venezuelan. My mom was living abroad and her family had to leave Peru during the, the military coup that took off and took place in Peru in like the early 70s. I guess they, they had a very like rough childhood growing up because what ended up happening was that my aunt ended up marrying during that time, this random Peruvian that she met. And my mom met my dad during that time. And I guess that like from, from their stories, like what I've been told is that she was really attracted by the fact that my dad's family was a very sort of solid family unit. And some, this is something that they didn't really have much of. Like there was a lot of distance between the parents and the, and the kids in my mom's family, a very conservative sort of traditional Peruvian family. Whereas my dad's family was like completely different. There were a lot of kids and, and they were all very, seemed to be very close to each other. And so she was very attracted to that family union. And that's when I, when they met, they met in Caracas through common friends. What ended up happening was that my grandparents ended up moving back to Peru with other kids. And my aunt had uh, gotten married to this Peruvian and was living in, in Caracas. And so my mom was dating my dad and she stayed there for a little while. And then it, they realized that the, the, the best thing to do would be to get married. And so it was a little, I guess it was a little pushed by the circumstances and also I don't, th I don't think it was good timing for them. I think they were very young. They were both very, very much dependent on the male figure in their lives, which were their dads, their respective dads. So I think they had a lot of similarities, but neither of them was really independent. My dad was still in college. My mom had, hadn't been to college. She was, just, <laughs> she was just like always. I mean, she went to a finishing school and then she just was not doing anything. And so they got married and I guess that's the beginning of like what ended up happening afterwards. When we were little, I remember going to Peru for at least two or three months a year on vacation. And that she would just leave Venezuela and her husband <laughs> and go spend time with her, with her family. And... And so I think that, I mean, obviously I don't have m a lot of memories about that time that I lived in Caracas because we lived there until I was eight. So I, I guess they were married for about eight years. And then when things didn't work out, what ended up happening was that we basically were taken to Peru and we, I mean, we moved to Peru overnight and I was eight and I didn't go back to Venezuela for, for 10 years. I, I, it was July of, I think it was July of 1990. Um, we were told that we were going to go to the beach for the weekend. So we packed bags that were, had beach clothes for a weekend. And so my mom told my dad that we were, we we're going to the beach with some friends of hers, uh, from some Peruvian friends. And so we actually went to the beach, but, um, but it was a, like, it's a beach very close to the airport in Caracas. And so we spent the night in, in a beach apartment. 
And the following morning, we're taken to the airport, and we flew to the border with Colombia. And then we crossed the border by car, because we had Peruvian passports. And then on the other side of the border, my granddad was waiting with one of my uncles in like a private plane. They put us on the plane and flew us to Lima and never came back. I didn't, re I mean, I didn't realize what was going on. I mean, I, I, I obviously remember everything that went on because I thought it was different. And it was always nice to see. I mean, uh, we, we, we were very close. We were very close to our proven family. So it was not like we're meeting strangers, you know, when we saw my granddad or, and my uncle, it was, it was nice, you know? And so we thought we were just going on a vacation and <laughs> we got to Lima. And I, I, I mean, I guess that, no, I, I didn't really process anything. I, I remember that the few days later, they t my mom told us that we were going to stay and we we're like, oh, that's fun. We can stay here for a while, you know? I don't think, I don't think we really processed, uh, I didn't, I never thought, I never blamed it on me, like many other kids whose parents are divorced when they're growing up and they're young. A lot of things, a lot of kids think that it's about them, you know? I did something wrong. I never, I, I, I was a very sort of old soul, even as a kid, you know? I realized that that came with the territory. I wasn't really shocked by the circumstances. I wasn't, I wasn't really surprised. I guess that I, I was very much aware of like the possibilities that could happen. And that was, that was surely a possibility. I don't think I, I've processed the impact of that until much later in my life. Like now that I'm more aware of, of things in terms of being at an age in which I could easily have kids now. Or easily be married now, you know? And that's when you realize, um, I mean, there was a lot going on there that was just not normal. But when you're growing up and you're always seeing this dysfunctionality in relationships, you know? Dysfunctional relationships. It's, it's almost normal. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't seem so atypical. But it was difficult. I mean, um, obviously it was difficult. I was very young. Uh, my sister was even younger. But we still had friends and adjusting to a new culture was tough. Like from simple things such as the fact that in, in Venezuela, nobody plays uh, soccer and in Peru, everybody plays soccer. And so I was the kid that didn't know how to play soccer, you know, <laughs> when my friends were born with a soccer ball. Uh, and so uh, making friends was, I, I always felt like an, sort of like an outlier because my story was just so different. Also because I moved into, we moved into a city that was very, that is very small and very conservative. And I was like, out of, a, out of my entire class, I was probably one out of two kids that had divorced parents. And the other kid had divorced parents, but lived in the same city, you know? So my circumstances were a little different. So we would have contact with him, obviously on the phone. He would visit us. We were not allowed to go to Venezuela on our own because my mom was always scared that we would not be able to come back. It's not that we didn't have contact with him, but it was very sort of plastic contact, you know, in, in the sense that it was like very sort of structured phone calls where you would always answer the same questions and then you would be done and once you hang up the phone 
you're just disconnecting. You you just live in your your real life. So it's you you sort of create this fake emotion that it's your dad and you're supposed to like him and care about him and love him, but in reality the the feelings are not there anymore because that lack of personal interaction takes a toll on any relationship, I think. And I don't think it was so much about him not wanting to see us. Um I think that the I, I think that the situation in which we were was difficult for him to see us constantly. And it was also more expensive, you know. It was not easy to just travel to Peru every month, you know, to see your kids. So I guess my father figure for a long time was my granddad. And and that's how those 10 years unfolded in terms of my relationship with my dad. I guess that the way I see, I, I saw my dad back then was... I was very weak. I didn't really have like much expectations. Uh, I, I saw him as very passive. And I think that something that my sister and I deal with is that feeling of, how do you call it? Aban- abandonment. Because the way I see myself is, or the way she sees herself now as a potential mom or as a potential dad uh, for myself is that I would have been more aggressive towards fighting for for getting my kids back or to get it like you know you, you something that is funny is that I when I was working in DC I used to do one of my jobs I was, I was doing a lot of translations and like so many paperwork came through my hands on court proceedings of at the Hague for instance, of one parent suing the other parent because they took the the kids away, you know? And there were, like, huge fights, you know? And so none of them went on in in my case. It was almost like we... I think that we have this perception that my my dad was just... he, He conformed too much to reality. And I'm not saying that it was not difficult on him. I'm not... I'm not blaming... That the circumstances were in difficult on him. I don't blame just one person. I think that both of them were at fault, you know? The contract that they signed was just not sustainable in the long term. I mean, there were so many flaws there just to begin with. Um, but I do think that there's this feeling of just not doing enough. And so that's... That's how I always saw it. Right after we went to Peru, it was very difficult. I mean, he was not allowed to talk to us on the phone. He would, like, we would leave, like, every time we would leave the the apartment in Lima, we would have security with us. Like, we we would not go to the park by ourselves, you know? We're never by ourselves. There was always somebody close to us so um it was definitely hard and i think that the 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 first time he went to peru it was definitely hard for him but that doesn't mean that in 10 years it was the same scenario over and over and over and over again and what what happened was that at the beginning there was like an actual fight and a presence and what happened was that 
like we would see him at least once a year and then it went on to two years and then three years so yes it was difficult once again now having lived my life i don't think that would have been incredibly difficult for me but it was difficult for him it was a different circumstance i'm i'm a different person than he is and i think that i'm definitely a different person than he is because of what i lived but the, what happened was that yeah as much as there were I, i mean i remember that if my mom didn't want him to come she would just say whatever no you cannot come now because we're going to be on a on a trip even though we weren't going to go on a trip so i do recall those things I, i'm not saying that it wasn't it wasn't hard but i'm also saying that was part of the territory but at the end of the day when it what it comes down to is what do you have you know up to a point every time we would see him he was just trying to make up for the difficulties that he faced in the past he was trying to sort of to to reconcile with the past to to get his point of the story through which is very valid because this is something that he had in his chest you know he wanted to get it through he wanted to us to to hear this like alternative story i remember that our relationship changed when once he made this trip to peru right after i had graduated from high school and you have to understand this i mean i moved to peru when i was seven years old I left Peru when I was 18. Those years are the ones that mark you so much. And so you cannot treat a 7-year-old kid the same way you treat a 17-year-old kid. And my dad was just like he was not a, a variable in my life, you know? So I graduated from high school, he couldn't make it to graduation. I was like, "All right." Um, but there were some issues in Venezuela that they closed the airports and he couldn't make it and so I wasn't mad or anything. So he flew to Peru a few months later. We were sitting down and he tells me that he had been he had gotten married 3 years ago. And I I didn't know that. He was just telling me that. And it had been so long since last time I had seen him. <laughs> and so at that time I mean you open you it's just like a reality check. First of all you feel betrayed because you you're like okay this guy is complaining on the phone all the time about a life that an empty life that he's supposed to have when there's obviously a lot more going on in his life than just that you know Secondly let's cut through the bullshit and say really what's going on and, and this is we cannot pretend like there's a relationship here because there's not And third let's also not pretend that we are the same persons. And so I told him at that time and I said, "Look, you have two choices. One is to just leave tomorrow because there's no point in you staying here anymore. You're just like wasting my time. I don't think about you on a daily basis. You're not part of my life on a daily basis and that's something that you have to understand. Or you can just accept the fact that whatever happened happened and the the time wasted or not wasted but the time and unf the unfulfilled time together is not going to be given back to you but that there's still so much more in the future so either we can just start again to get to know each other as we are now 
and and this is going to be just like a one-on-one -on -one relationship without having any intermediaries or we can just pretend like we can still be talking about things that happened 10 years ago that I don't even care about at this point all that much, you know? I have like different interests now. And so if you want to get to know me, you have to get to know me for who I am now because I'm not going to be that kid again. We're not going to have that friendship. We're not going to have that bond that you could have had with me otherwise. And so uh, that was the sort of tipping point in our relationship. And that, and from now on, it has been substantially different. I I think I was always closer to my mom growing up. Well, that's how I feel. Or maybe that's how I recollect history, you know, which is also like a possibility. Sometimes like our recollections of things are not necessarily reality, or how things were, but... It's it's almost like war. Whoever wins the war wins the the ability to tell to write history, you know. And so, in many ways, I feel as much as it was like a a disproportionate war, my mom's family won it. You know, they were able to raise us with with a specific mentality and 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 ways and forms. And I think that even as as now, I'm very close to my dad. There's like substantial differences. In which, in, in the way I see my Venezuelan family and the, and the way I see my Peruvian family, you know, because there's there's things that you can't remove, you know. Growing up, I think I had all these defense mechanisms in which I, I didn't think about it much. I just had to push through. I think that now that I have more self confidence to think about that, I obviously admit that I had a lot of. A huge influence in me. Obviously, you want to have a father figure. You don't want to ask for money from your granddad. You do want to have that presence, you know? Um, I didn't. And so I just... I mean, I, the way I took it was like that. I just don't have it. Period. Now, I obviously think it's tough because, I mean, it, I'm much more... Um, I guess I'm more critical of like, I'm more dubious <laughs> about the likelihood of having functional relationships. I am more dubious about the impact that an adult can have on a kid. And I'm scared to have kids, maybe partly because of that. I don't know. I think that, like, in many ways, I'm such an idealist that because of circumstance has had to ground himself all the time because because of of being frightened. So that's the, the major impact that he has, I think. That it, like, from an early age, I was not able to dream in the same ways or to think about life in such a positive way as many of the kids that were just thinking about cartoons. Like very early on, I realized that my parents were not a source of protection. The, I very, very early on, I realized that my parents were not perfect. And that lack of protection of safety nets at an early age can take you in two paths. You can become this very aggressive, like sort of self-sufficient being, but also very lonely. Or you can be this like very weak dependent on other people being because you need to find that sort of protection from somewhere else so 
I, I think in many ways it it made me develop this very sort of aggressive and and cautious personality that is very much. I mean, I love people and I love all of that, but I always have like in the back of my head, I always think there's always a chance that this could flip. You know that this relationship could flip. That something that seems normal now, perfect now, wouldn't necessarily feel the same way in a couple of years on the road.